Hi, and welcome to Damage to Destiny. I am your host, Glenda Treadwell. And on today, what we're just going to do is explain the ministry that God gave me so other people can understand why I go so hard in the paint. So, I am 56 years old. I was born in a small town called Gould, Arkansas. I'm the youngest out of 13 kids that my mom had. And with all that being said, sometimes people think if you just be around the right family or around people, nothing wrong could happen to you. So, at the age of five, I experienced my very first sexual encounter by a family member and my dad knew but he had to go another route because they were family so that first experience you know it left me of course physically pained and wondering you know why they do that this is five years old and then so about the age of eight we began to experience it again to the point where they would sneak in the room. They would put socks in my mouth and did whatever they wanted to do to me and tell me, uh, they're not going to believe you. They're going to think you're lying and things of that nature. So a lot of things I didn't admit to, a lot of things I didn't tell. I just simply just held on to their life because I didn't know what to do. And you're a child. So you can imagine what a child must experience when somebody do an unlawful entry, which is simply that any man, woman, person, place, thing, without permission of the individual, violate that. So what we're doing, even with this segment, we just want to let some people know out there, you're not alone in this battle. And what people fail to see is all the things that come with that unlawful act. We have kids that have mental problems. We have kids that will suicidal thoughts, things of that nature. But I came from an era of don't talk, don't tell. And this is my set goal, is to let people know that You cannot achieve true healing until you begin to face your giant. So even with the molestation and then at the age of 14, I was, you know, gang raped by four deacons in the church that I attended. I was playing baseball. They followed behind me, making all new noises and stuff. And so they both grabbed me. And of course, I'm I'm a tomboy. I have a baseball bat in my hand. So I started swinging. But one of the people grabbed the bat and hit me so hard that it was one of the most out-of-body thing I've ever had in my entire life. I also literally saw myself. I was at a place in my in my life at the age of 13 that this, the spirit, I literally looked at what the men did to me. 
And right then, I was crying out for mercy because I wanted God. I told God, just kill me because I don't want this. I, 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 why is this happening to me? So after they finished, I drug myself home. I went inside the house, and my mom gave me a look that to this very day, it I still don't understand because she just simply looked at me up and down and said, what have you done this time? So even with that, when my dad walked in, he just wrapped me up and took me to the hospital where I gave the police the information and everything. I let him know who did what to me. And they got arrested. But that wasn't even the ending of this this test, this trial. Because then, and a lot of people know psychologies and things of that nature, is that when you are hurt and you have no way to deal with it, you're going to always look for love in the wrong places or with the wrong things. And at this point, it was a nice guy. He was a senior. I was a sophomore. Oh, junior. And we, I, I really liked him. And so he was telling me he loved me. And he was telling me that oh, we're going to be together. I'm going to go to the military. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you and my kid. And, you know, so forth and so on and so on. So that went on for about a year. On my senior year, I was pregnant. And when he found out I was pregnant, he literally, and now he's in the army now, so they sent him to Frankfurt, Germany. And he just married a random female over there. So when he would come back and things like that, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, you, you know, you're coming back for me. But then I see this woman with him. I want to introduce you to my wife. Now, imagine that, people. Everything like this has gone on in your life. And all you ever wanted is someone to love you. So, when I had that concept that he, he loved me, I was okay. But then when he gave me the reality, it just took me to such a place of darkness that I didn't even want to cope with it. And, it, and his predecessing at the age of 18, even though I was going to college, I was taking care of my firstborn. My mom had had a stroke, and I was kind of helping around the house. But I was still empty. I was still frustrated. I was still angry. And a lot of things, people just don't know how to cope. Now, that's just what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring a light on a situation that people have buried, don't want to deal with it. Can you imagine how many men and women of God are in our everyday life, but they still walk around with their secret scars? And they think they're okay because they don't think about it. And that's, the, that's what the enemy will do. If you don't think anything about it and you're just going on with your everyday life, sooner or later something is going to click and all that is going to come back rushing to you. And even with the college and everything like this, I got married at the age of 22. And 
I knew how to do the duties as far as keeping a household. But I did not know about how to be a wife. But I knew how to take care of somebody. So it was all glorious. It was all great and everything. And out of nowhere, the beating started. For what apparent reason, the beating stopped. And I didn't know how to cope with it. And I was pregnant with my second child. So now, imagine your mind in a spiral. And everything that has ever happened to you is always in front of you. Because you don't know what to do. So even with that, I stayed with that marriage about 10 years. I had two children. And after that, um, I had to save I was saving, I thought I was saving my kids. I was saving myself. We moved, took them to another school, and I began to learn the word, began to go to a church in Dumas, Arkansas, and began to receive the knowledge of God. And I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Slowly, I'm thinking my life is coming to a full circle. Now, I could probably be happy. Ran into this guy years ago, and he was standing on a porch, and it was 100 degrees, and he was standing up here in a black suit. That should have been my first alarm, but I did not I did not acknowledge it. And so I met this guy, and he seemed like he was okay. They were saying he was a preacher, da 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 And we wound up getting together, and it wasn't even love. It was more convenience because he had a child that he was raising. So when we came together, it was just about a convenience thing. And so, you know, we continued to do church. We continued to do for the kids and everything else. God is blessing me with an awesome job, things of that nature. And everything began to just go left for whatever reason. So we're going to fast forward this to like 1999 somewhere of that nature and we're still trying to do the church thing we're still trying to walk this religious set and that's that's the problem with the body no one wants to confront the things that are happening yes we can pray things away yes we know that we serve a God that can heal deliver and set free but you must be ready to let God know I'm tired of dealing with this I'm tired of carrying this. But most people implode. And that's what a lot of people have done throughout their life. What goes on in this house stays in this house. So I began to just work in ministry. I began to do some some great things. And like I said, I was married to him. He was a man of God and he was preaching and he was doing everything under the sun and and all this other stuff, but I had not a clue then that I was actually housing the devil himself. So, 1999 came around, and God had gave me the ministry damaged but not destroyed. And I just wanted to be like the women I would see on TV or go to different churches because they expound so on the word of God and they had such a reverence about themselves and I don't mean in an ego tense but more in a just submitted state I wanted that 
but God told me in an audible voice, I can't use you yet. So, my transformation started. Romans 12. I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. God began to work on me from the inside out. I had depression. I had oppression. I gained crazy weight. And I was literally the walking dead. Because I didn't have a life. I had an existence. But I didn't have a life. And so further on into the years and things like that, you know, the ministry, whatever the case was. But even with that, when I found out that this man molested my daughter, when this man looked me in my face and lied and said he wasn't doing anything, he even had family members to cover him. I wonder about the fa that family now. Now, what if he was doing that to your daughter or your niece or your cousin? Would you just stand back and allow it? Or would you try to intervene? People that didn't even know me was trying to help me. And I will forever be grateful for that. But know this, people. There is not a good anything by keeping something a secret, by keeping something so ugly, so messed up, and you try to cover it up with the church, with religion, and with everything that happened. Not only I have to heal, now I had to get my daughter in a place where she could get healed as well. And so, damage to destiny is what the Lord is using me with to give, let people, give them a platform for ministering and talking about the things they've gone through. Everything doesn't have to be a sexual abuse. We have, I know, no, drug abuse, um, alcoholics, things of that nature. We want to open up a, a dialect where people can say with no hindrance, no reservations of what they've gone through in their life. And even to this very day, I'm so grateful that God allowed me to come before him broken so he could put me back on the wheel. Because physics say for every action, there's an equal and an opposite reaction. So when someone do the unthinkable, but they think they're okay because you see the outer part. But on the inside, you're angry, you're hurt, you're suicidal, you're homicidal. You just don't want to live anymore. Because you feel people don't understand where you're coming from. I'm a witness to it. But God. But God. I just appreciate God so much for looking at me in my broken state and rebuilding me, tearing me down, 
getting things out of me that was not supposed to be in me in the first place. Because when a person does an unlawful entry, I don't care if you're a grown woman, I don't care if you're a child, male or female, that is a violation not only in the heavenly laws, but in the natural laws as well. We want to expose this don't talk, don't tell mentality. We want to crush this because it's also a generational curse. Everybody that is going to be on this broadcast, a lot of them are not church people. They're everyday people living everyday lives, dealing with everyday issues. People that you could look at them, and if you heard your story, you wouldn't believe. They went through all that. They had to deal with that? Yes. But remember, when we go through things, we go through them so we can bring somebody else out. And I'm yet grateful for everything God is doing with this podcast. That was just a sample of what God is going to be doing on these podcasts. We have some dynamic people that's going to be coming in, sharing their word. We have Lula Robinson. We have Amy Adams. We have Dr. Shalar Haddon. We have Pastor Little John Sr. We have Prophet Dwight Haynes. And the list go on and on. Some of my daughters, Lori West and the rest of them that they called me Mama G. We're going to share things that they have actually gone through. That the enemy used whatever he could to try to kill them. But how many know when you bury a seed, when you stump it in the ground, no, no remorse or what trying to find it or anything else. But how many know when you put that ground, that seed in the ground, it's gonna grow. It's gonna grow. And in order for it to kill us to kill it, we have to pull it up at the root. So this is gonna be about a looking it to ourselves, looking at our lives, looking at ourselves as individuals. Uh, future wives, future husbands, whatever the case may be. This is a transparent podcast because there are things that have to be opened up. It's just like an infection. A doctor has to lance it before he can get all the infection out. This is what God is going to be doing in this season. Like I said, I appreciate the time that you're listening to me right now. But just know that God is going to have the victory in their lives and in my life. So I thank you. I thank you for taking the time to listen to me and to stay tuned because damaged but destiny will make an impact on a lot of people that has yet been healed from their secret scars. My name is Glenda Treadwell. I thank you so much for listening. And whatever you do in this season, keep pushing forward. Keep pressing forward. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't allow things to trip you up. You are valuable. I don't care what no one else says. You're valuable. Because you're God's. And God is going to love when you begin to just share your testimony. The word said that we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So I thank you 
for tuning in. And I'm going to tell you this. Be ready. Our first true podcast will be on Friday. So just stay tuned. Keep your ear to the ground. And know this if you don't hear anything else. You are an overcomer. <laughs>